Last week's did not go over well in the 9 a.m. service. We're hoping to bounce back this week. After service, a stranger approached the pastor and said, I'd like you to pray for me. What would you like me to pray for? I'd like you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor placed his hands on the man's ears and said a passionate, earnest prayer, Lord, I pray you would open up his ears. Allow him to hear your voice, to hear you speaking to him. Lord, clear as day, just as clear as he hears my voice in Jesus' name. Pastor pauses, quite satisfied with his prayer. He said, how is your hearing now? The man replied, I don't know. It's not till tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thank you. I appreciate that. I prayed over a funny one. I even axed out a few that weren't funny. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about, anybody? Prayer. prayer, that's right. We've been talking about prayer. I told you over the last of the course of the year, I've really felt a desire uh, to grow in my own prayer life. I've, I've come across some of you who have shared the same with me. And, and there's been a desire uh, for me even longer than that for us to grow as a church in prayer. Um, I don't know what that looks like, uh, but I have no doubt in my mind that God wants to see his power unleashed in our lives through prayer. And so we spent the last couple of weeks talking about prayer, and I want to talk about it again today. Uh, before I talk about what I want to talk about today, I'm, I want to do a little review in case you missed it. Um, first week, we, we talked about the purpose of prayer, like to effectively engage anything uh, you have to understand its purpose, right? Can't use a lawnmower to wash your dishes. Would not work out well, because that's not its purpose. The same goes with prayer. And so I talked about how the purpose of prayer is not to get things from God, and, and, and none of us would probably say that's the purpose of prayer, but by the way we pray, we show that, because if God gave us everything we want when we prayed, we'd pray all the time, but he doesn't, so we struggle to pray. We found the purpose in Psalm 25 where the psalmist writes, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. C.S. Lewis once said, Prayer does not change God. Prayer changes me. And that really, that is the purpose of prayer. When we come into the presence of the Alpha and Omega, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the great I Am, he does a work in us. He opens up our minds and our hearts as we learn to depend on him. He changes how we see things. Shows us areas that we're in sin and, and areas where we need to be humble and, and areas where we're not trusting him. And, and it changes us. It reveals things to us. And really that is the purpose of prayer. Now that doesn't mean God doesn't change things through prayer, right? Right? You read verses in the Bible like John 16, 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Mark 9, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous miss is powerful and effective. Scripture does not mince words when it comes to prayer. He does not, God does not shy away from his promises regarding prayer. But we don't always see those answers, do we? And so sometimes we can, we can lose faith in these promises of prayer. And so last week, I talked about all the ways that God answers prayers, or some of the ways. Probably some we don't even realize. One is yes right away, which is always our favorite. Uh, yes in due, in due time. 
Sometimes it's yes, because you all need to learn a lesson. Sometimes it's no, because your heart's not right. Sometimes it's no, because I got a much better plan. Now we talked about, we also don't always know which answer it is. It's not like he sends us a tweet telling us which one it is. And so we have to learn to wait on God, which is not Americans' favorite thing to do, right? But waiting has a purpose. Waiting causes us to rely on God and not the answer that we are looking for. This is where we find our joy and our security and our peace and hope is when we learn to wait on God. And that brings us to today. Right before we jump back into Revelation next week, our final week that I want to talk about prayer. And really, like, I had so much I wanted to talk about. We could talk about prayer for about three more weeks. But we're going to continue this discussion in our small groups after this week. Um, This is kind of a shotgun sermon. It's a bunch of random truths, though they're probably not random. They feel random, and I was writing them down. And so I entitled my sermon today, uh, Everything Else Jeff Feels is Important to Say About Prayer Today Before He Runs Out of Time. (laughs) Or before Tim cuts off my mic. But I didn't want to say that and give him any ideas. But I guess I just gave him that idea, so never mind. I'm asking you, I have more on here to say than I have time for, so the second sermon might be even different than the first, and I was saying, Lord, whatever the 9 a.m.ers need to hear, I pray that's what I would share with them. Some of it will be new, some of it will be what I've said in the past, but it bears repeating. So here's my first encouragement. It comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. My first encouragement is I want you to grow in this idea of praying without ceasing, which means opening up your life to God in all aspects of the day. How many times do you pray throughout the day? How many times, think to yourself, how many times do you lift up prayer requests to him? This means that all throughout your day, you are praying. When you're driving to work, you're saying, God, help me to serve you today. Help me to honor you today. Give me the wisdom that I need. Give me the patience I need for that pain of an employee I work with. It means that when you're on the phone call and you're getting bad news about someone else's, you say, Lord, give me strength and wisdom and how I pour into this person's life. Whatever the situation is, that throughout your day, you're praying. All throughout of it. All throughout the day. And it's a skill. It takes time. When I first learned about this idea of praying all the time, it's like, man, this seems like a lot of work. Which I know sounds lazy, but it was like it just seems overwhelming. And I'm still not fantastic at praying throughout the day, but I've learned that over time, as I've asked the Lord to help me, big thing we talked about Wednesday night that we often forget to ask the Lord to help us how to pray, is, is it's become very easy, much, I say, easier for me, like second nature to pray. But because I made a focus and I put the work in to remember, and now it's just come secondhand, not as often as it should, but much more than it used to. God is always available to you throughout the day. Do you know that? Looking God, looking to God, seeking God, talking with God, it is always available to you. Always. We forget it way too easily. It's like We have the ultimate spiritual data plan, right? We're never too far away from like the antenna, like you get a cell tower and you get out in the middle of nowhere. There's no cell tower with God. He's like the biggest cell tower in the world, actually. Everywhere, anywhere you're at, no matter what you're dealing with, he is available to pray, to look to. 
And we need to be reminded of this because we are too passive in our lives when it comes to prayer. We have these events that happen in our lives and we like just accept them. Well, this is just the way it is. I just have a mean boss. Right? I just hate my job. You know, uh, my, my two-year-old today is just horrible. I'm just going to deal with it. My, you know, my teenagers are full of hormones and I'm just, this is just the way they are. I just got to wait it out. My, my spouse and I, we don't get along. And, you know, this is, we're two different people. Just what it is, what it is. List all the things in your life that you just get used to. Even internally. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at that. You know, I, talk, I remember, remember last week when I talked to somebody and said, I just don't pray because I'm no good at it. It's almost when we look in the mirror, we, we, we hate what we see. We just accept all of these events that happen in our day. All these things that we think about ourselves and we, we just accept it is the way it is. I, I got convicted of this morning. I'm sick. I'm so annoyed that I'm sick. We all get annoyed when we're sick, right? I don't know anybody who's like, yes, I am sick. Unless you were in school, okay? Then you got excited. Unless you were homeschooled, then there's no way out. So it's another story, right? I got, so I'm sick, and then I woke up early. I woke up at like 4 a.m. instead of 5. I got like three and a half hours of sleep last night. And I was just like, for the first hour of the day, I'm just like, I hate life. And then I'm writing, you know, and working on my sermon. I'm like, man, I'm doing exactly the opposite of what I'm preaching here. I was just passive in my sickness, saying, man, this is just, ugh. And so I stopped. I said, thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me, convicting me. I said, Lord, help me through my sickness. And then, and then the thought of mine, you know, was to text my board, text a couple friends, say, hey, can you pray for me today, right? And so my attitude started to change. Listen, in our lives, we can either be passive about what we're dealing with and just take it and accept it as it comes, or we can turn it to God in prayer. You having a bad day? Ask God to help you have a new day. We, not, we need to stop being a society, especially Christians that are so controlled by our emotions, by the, the events that happen to us and how we feel about them. Living in a society tells you your feelings are ultimate. They are not. They often lie to you. And, you, and if you believe this and you live like this, you end up living a very miserable life. We are just passively accepting everything. Your feelings are not ultimate. God is ultimate. Jesus and his death and his resurrection are ultimate. The power of the Holy Spirit working inside you is ultimate. So pray without ceasing. Stop being passive and just accepting everything that comes your way as it is. Turn it to God in prayer. I meet some people that they can never move on from their sins. We should, be guilt, feel, we should feel guilt and conviction of our sins. It's a good thing. It means we care. It means we realize it's wrong. But it shouldn't dominate and control our life. When it happens, we should turn it to God in prayer and say, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need you to help me to be stronger. I need you to help me to make things right. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Long in that passage, rejoice always. 
Why? Because you have a God that you can always go to. Because without God, your feelings and your events would be ultimate. And give thanks in all circumstances. You always have a reason to give thanks. Even in the bad things in your life, you have a reason to give thanks. Today, this morning, as I was writing this, I was like, thank God for cold medicine. Thank God for cold medicine. I mean, think about all the little things that happen in our life, even our bad things that we don't give thanks for. So I was like, thank you, God, for cold medicine. Thank you, God, for cold medicine. Are you hearing me, church? So my prayer for you this week, and, and, and my prayer that you would praise the Lord, help me to, to start praying without ceasing. Help me to stop being passive in my life and actively engaging my feelings and my thoughts in prayer. And when I talk about this praying without ceasing, this includes praying with other people. Pray with other people. I want us to be a church that prays together. And I'm not talking about a monthly prayer meeting where you've, you know, five of the 300 people that come here, you know, come. I'm talking about, and not that prayer meetings are bad, but I mean, I, I want to see that somebody after a service is struggling with service, someone else with something, and they go up and they tell somebody else in the church, and that person stops and prays for them right then and there. I, I, I want to I to see this be a church where someone sees somebody post something on Facebook and they call them up and say, hey, let me pray with you. This idea that we are praying together. And it's not because it magically creates God's answers. Like, you know, if multiple people are praying at the same time, God's often like, oh, that's four requests. Got to give it, right? And we get this from Matthew 18 where it says, you know, if, if, if you agree on anything about, uh, agree about anything you ask for, it'll be done for you. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. This does not have to do with just regular prayer. This is a whole chapter on church discipline, all right? Uh, and, and we don't get told that, so we grow up thinking it's about prayer and that multiple people praying together is automatically going to make God show up, which really doesn't make sense because then I would mean anytime you prayed by yourself, he's not there. So it doesn't really work out. So it's not the point that God will magically do more things if more people are praying. But when we pray together, it brings unity. It allows us to encourage each other. It allows us to carry each other's burdens. Some of you, you have these burdens in your life. You are carrying them alone. They are crushing you because you have not shared them with anybody else to pray for you. It could be your marriages. could be your jobs. could be struggles and sins that you have. And you are carrying it alone. And we're not designed to carry it alone. You read in Acts about the power of the church and, and how they pray together. You read in James where it says, confess your sins to each other. And then pray for each other so that you may be, be does anybody know the word? Healed. That, that there's healing to be found when we come and confess our sins and pray together. Pray with one another. Pray with your family at home. Pray with your children. Pray with your, your siblings. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your friends. Doesn't happen just in church. Pray together. There's power when we pray together. It's another prayer I have for you this week that you'd say, Lord, I want to be someone who prays with other people. Help me to pray with other people. Help me to share my, my struggles with other people. And it doesn't have to be big things. It can be little things. Like literally I texted people today, I'm sick, I'm grumpy, please pray for me. Right? 
There's no prayer request too small, in my opinion. We must. And sometimes that's a great place to start because it builds us up and strengthens us to be able to ask for deeper prayers from other people. And offer prayers to other people. If someone says, man, I'm struggling with this, offer prayer. Even if your prayer is, look, I pray that you will help so-and-so with this. I pray you give them strength in Jesus' name. That is a prayer. It does not need to be great and long and full of Scripture. Scripture is always good, but don't wait to give that Scripture to start praying. Are you with me, church? As we talked about last week, we also want to make prayer a habit, right? Make prayer a habit. We see Jesus getting up early to pray, right? Mark 1, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and he prayed. Now, I'm not saying the only time that you can be successful in prayer is in the morning, but I do believe there's something very important about making God first in your life. We need to make it a habit of prayer in a time where we, like I said, in week one, we set everything else aside, and we focus on him alone in prayer. In fact, I think it's this kind of prayer that fuels the praying without ceasing. And it fuels the praying with others. It is a habit that we need to create in our lives. We all have habits in our lives. All of us. We all put on socks every day. right? We put on shoes every day. We all brush our teeth every day, I'm assuming. We have habits. Why? We put on pants every day. Why? Because it's important for us to walk out the door with pants on. The same with prayer. It becomes a habit in our lives when it becomes important enough to us. That's it. It's the only reason. If we do not have a habit of praying, it's because it is not important enough to us. Would it hurt us to not have to watch a TV show every night that we'll forget about three weeks after we watch it and have no eternal difference in our lives? Would it hurt us to set a clock 10 minutes earlier? Some of you are like, yes, yes, it would. We all have time in our lives to seek the Almighty. Every one of us if we say that we do not have time, and I have said this myself, all that really means is we find the other things that we fill our time up with more important. And and I realize, yes, you have a busy life. Adding prayer, a time every day to pray, will make you busier. It will make you busier. But listen, to be honest, I'm not convinced that having a less busy life is the answer. That that should be our goal. If we love people, and if we're doing our best to to grow the kingdom of God, we're going to be busy people. We're going to be busy. And so learning to pray doesn't offer us a less busy life because we're adding something on it. But, But as Paul E. Miller does, uh, says so well that, and I want to read this right. It says it, it does offer us a less busy heart. And I've noticed this this last week. I've been very diligent 
for myself because I want to practice what I preach, of making sure I'm in here every morning, extended time of prayer before I go to all to my list of things, which is very nerve-wracking for me because I, I have tons of things to do and, and lots of little things along with the big things. But I said, no, no, I've got to practice what I preach. And, and I've noticed like there are a few less things that I've got done this week, but I have had a greater peace about what I have done. And I suspect what we often do is we add a lot of things to our plate that don't need to be added, that we find that are important, that we think are important, but at the end of the day, they're not ultimately important. And so I think one thing I've noticed this week is that when I've been praying and taking this time, because I now have less time, it's made me more focused in the time that I do have. And I'm more dependent upon God to say, okay, Lord, I got all of these things I want to do, but I want to work on the things that you want me to do. And I've noticed this week that the, some of the things that I thought were ultimately important and needed to be taken care of, they didn't. And a couple of them actually got taken care of by other people. It is amazing the impact that prayer has on you when you, ultimately, when you open up yourself to God. And, and, I've, and I said this the last two weeks, if you're really serious about setting this time alone with God, you're going to find somebody to hold you accountable. Now, maybe you're, maybe you're fine. Maybe you're like, if you say, I'm going to pray, and you will go do it every day like clockwork. But for the other 99.9% of us, we need people to hold us accountable. And in, in my experience as a pastor and as my experience as a sinful man trying to follow God, when I'm serious about something, I tell other mature believers in my life and say, look, this is my goal. I need you to like check in on me, encourage me, and hold me accountable. It's made all the difference in the world. So if you haven't done that yet, I'm praying that someone will put you on, God will put on your heart the right person to say, hey, can you check in with me to make sure that I'm seeking the Lord each day? There was a key truth that ultimately changed my heart to realizing that I needed to go and pray to God more than I needed to get started on all the things I had to do. And that was, the truth was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the strength or the wisdom to do the job that God has called me to do. I found in my life that the more I feel helpless, the more that I want to turn to God for direction and for prayer. Especially at the beginning of the year, like in the church, we're talking about like about nine different things and they're all super cruel. And I'm like, and only half of them, I only know half of them, I actually have any idea about what to do with them. The other half, I'm like, I don't know. right? And I'm like, God, what do, we, what do we work on? I'm like, I feel helpless. And so it draws me into prayer. And, and, and I think when you become more helpless, kind of like a child does, that's when you get drawn into this place of prayer. I mean, we love to be independent, right? We love, especially as dudes, we love to do things on our own. We don't like to ask for help, which is just a lie from the devil. We're not meant to walk alone. We're not meant to do things on our own. We're not strong enough. We're not wise enough. We need help. You know, I love about Ella. Her little personality is coming alive. And when she's playing with a toy and it doesn't do what she wants, she's like, not working. That's what she said, not working. Daddy, not working. 
I can't get it to work. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. But she comes straight to me. She has no problem saying, I can't figure this out. Dad, I need your help. That is the attitude that will drive you to your knees, drive you to that alone time and say, God, I need your help. <laughs> Nothing I'm doing is working. Or I don't know how to work these things. And so I think my prayer for you is that you would become, you would ask the Lord, Lord, help me realize how helpless I am. Help me realize that I'm not self-sufficient. I'm not wise enough. Help me realize, God, I need you so that I may come to you in prayer. Psalm 55, it says, cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. There's, a, there's an implication there that he will not always sustain you when you do not cast your burdens upon him. He says, he lets us in this free will. He says, look, you want to do it on your own, do it. Most of you, I look, you've all lived long enough to know what happens when you, live, you try to do it on your own. Right? So I'm praying for you and I'm praying for me, Lord, don't let us forget how helpless we are. We're like a child. And you are a father to, that we would come to you every day and say, God, not working. Not working. I need your help. And, and, and to go along with this prayer thing, which I, uh, of being like a child, which I talked about a little bit last week, is look, that we would realize that when we're like a child and, and he's our father in heaven, that we don't got to be perfect in coming to him, Right? There's something wrong with us. It's our sin nature. We don't feel like we're good at prayer or we don't, we, we, we don't feel like we can come to God. Our, our desire is to pray, you know, and, and, and it's there for purpose because God created us in his image. But when we do, we're, like, we're, we're no good at it and we're frustrated because of sin. And this can keep us from coming to God. And and yet, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And he goes on to say, How much more than a regular father that loves to give their kids good gifts, does your heavenly father love you to give give you good gifts? He doesn't say you've got to be perfect. He says, just come to your father in heaven. Like I said last week, when, when, when Clella, she, when she wants a pancake, she goes, cake, cake. Cutest thing in the world. <laughs> like, here, here, I have all you want. Take from your brothers and sisters. It's all you, right? I don't get angry at her and say, you did not say pancake, you starve, child. But sometimes we get this view of God, that we're not good enough to come to him. I know this because I have people who tell me this. I can't pray like you, pastor. Like, you obviously haven't heard some of my prayers. So you just come to God. Come with what you have. Not what you think he wants from you, but what you have. Now with that said, there are things that can help you learn how to pray, which I've told you about many times. They're like like these patterns that can help train yourself to talk to God. That can remind you of of, of key things. Like there's uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so sometimes I'll pray things. I'll say, Father, praise your name. 
I pray that your kingdom will be done on this earth. I pray you give me just what I need today. Not too much, not too little. And I pray you'd forgive me and help me to forgive those around me. And Lord, I pray you'd help save me from temptation. Help me to recognize it as I go into this situation and that situation. Lord, I pray you'd help deliver me from the evil one. Nothing wrong with a prayer structure like that. This came from Jesus, so you know it's got to be good. There's also the acronyms I've told you about. Acts, right? Adoration, praise or worship, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So you say, God, Lord, I praise you. I worship you. Creator of the beautiful sun and the blue skies. And you confess, say, Lord, I, I, I'm confessing today that I'm not trusting in you that I'm filled with anxiety and fear. But then you go to Thanksgiving, you say, but I'm thankful, Lord, that you remain faithful, even when I'm not faithful. And then you go to supplication, you say, Lord, so I pray you give me strength, and you give me wisdom, and you help me to trust in you. That's a great prayer. Or there's another acronym I love, because a little more flexibility. It's, it's called pray. And it starts out with praise. And then there's an R. And you, this like this, well, you know, change it out here. You can repent. You can rejoice. You can reflect. You can recite scripture. You can do all four. You can do the two of the four, whatever. And then you ask your, your request to God. And then you yield, which means a statement say, Lord, you know more than I do. I will trust you whatever your answer is. You can ask me later or text me and I'll give you these acronyms if they fly too fast. These are great structures to help you learn how to pray or help you to teach your kids how to pray or your grandkids how to pray. Sometimes if you listen closely to my prayers, I'll use these patterns when I'm praying up here without even thinking about it because I've used them for so long. The only time that these become bad is when you become dependent upon them. When you become dependent on a on words that you're just spitting out. I mean, think about it. If you're a parent, or imagine being one, if every time your child came to you and they wanted something, they used the same exact phrase every time, like it was the key to unlocking. That's not what we want. We want to hear what's on their hearts and on their minds. We, we want them to be real, no matter how messy that real is. So even if you come before God and all you got is help me, that's a prayer. That's a good prayer. Why? Because you're acknowledging that you're helpless and that he is the one who has the strength to help you and you're asking him for that. That's a fantastic prayer. And like I said, this means this messy and this real that we bring to God, it can be even being upset. I told you last week, read the first several verses of Habakkuk, and Habakkuk is like, God, what are you doing? You saw all this evil's going on, and you're just kicking back, doing nothing. This is my own paraphrase. He's so real before the God in his frustrations. Now, in the end, he submits his will to God, and he says, look, God, you, you, are, you are God, I am not. And so there's a reverence there, but he's being real in that reverence. Sometimes you, we go to God so mechanical. I don't know if maybe we grew up in a prayer church like that. I don't know. God wants your heart. He wants you to be real. He wants your tears. He wants your frustration. And, and it's okay to go to God and pray the same thing over and over again. I've had people say to me, I only pray one, something one time and it's done because I don't want to bother God. 
No. Pray things over and over again. Now, if you're praying things over and over again because you think like, that there's like a certain prayer limit, that if you get like 99 prayers, then you get like a, a request answer, like with pizza, when you get pizza coupons, you turn in those 25 coupons, free pizza, you know, 100 prayer requests, free parents, then no, that's not the reason to do it. But when I turn over my request over and over to God uh, again and again and again and again, it's a constant me submitting my will to him and reminding him he's in charge and he's in control. Because if I don't do that, and it's something I'm really passionate about, then it's easy for me to get things in mind that I need to make things happen in my timing. And it happens so subtly because we're just used to, and because of sin designed to take control. So when I'm constantly bringing it to him over and over, I'm reminding me he's the one in charge. He's the one worthy of my faith. He's the one that has the strength. Bring things to God over and over and over again. Some people have asked me about listening in prayer. How do I listen? How do I listen in prayer? Now, some Christians are taught, like, you're supposed to clear your mind. Lord, speak to me. Right? And then he's going to reveal these mystical truths out of nowhere. Now, God can do whatever he wants. He can reveal. He can have a birdie appear on your shoulder. He can write on the wall. He's actually done that before. He can do whatever he wants. But the problem is when people get into this kind of mystical praying, they they take their these things that they have, these these messages and these dreams. A lot of people, some people tell me God speaks to me through dreams, and they'll take all these subjective things and they'll put them over Scripture. The problem with that is the Holy Spirit and the enemy they all came, they all come in through the same channel. So, for example, when I walk through the day. I have one channel to hear from all of you, my ears and people in the world. People are going to speak good into my life. They're going to speak bad into my life. They're going to speak truth into my life. They're going to speak lies to life. And it comes in through this one channel, and, I'm a, and I have to discern it. In the same way, there's this inner channel where the devil will try to fool us. The Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit will speak to us. And I don't trust myself enough to always be able to differentiate on my own which is which. Especially if it's something I want. Have you ever noticed that when you pray over something you want and you're passionate about it, you just feel God saying, yes, that's what I want you to do. Or if there's something you don't want to do, God hasn't given me a piece about that. Like I said, God can speak to us that way. And he has. But we have to be very careful. Very careful. I think the most effective way to do is you take scripture. Like 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, husbands, you've got to honor your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to them as the weaker vessel physically, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life. Don't dominate them. Love them. And so when I read that, I have to be on my knees and say, Lord, is there anywhere in my life that I'm not honoring my wife? And then I let him speak to me. And sometimes like a picture will show me up of a time I was short with my wife. Right? I'll remember things and I'm like, oh man, I, I was there. And I'll go and I'll ask for forgiveness. And scripture is always the best way to hear the Lord speak to you. Now sometimes I'll have like, I feel like God put something on my heart. You know, but I, but I want to be humble about it because, you know, like I said, I'm human. And so I'll go to people that I love and I'll say, look, I felt like the Lord pressed this upon me. Does this sound like something God would want me to do? Does this sound off? And I'll use them as a sounding board. Or once again, I'll use scripture. 
have to be very careful when listening for God, relying on subjective things like this, his inner voice uh, and, and, in prayer, and dreams and things of this nature that are subjective without running them through the filter of the word of God. Or I love another prayer request, like checking our heart, especially if it's something we really want. Like, let's say we want to go buy a cabin somewhere. We want like a summer cabin, right? Beautiful up in the lake and the mountains. The goats are coming down, birds chirping. Oh, this has been wonderful. Lord, what are my motives for having this, this cabin? Is it, am I going to spend so much money on this? It's going to prevent me from giving to those in need? Is it going to seclude me from reaching out and ministering and serving other people? Those are great prayers to pray. The, the scripture never talks to us about emptying our minds and listening for special just revelation. He wants us to open up his word and have it seek our hearts and our intentions that we may better follow his word. Amen, church? Amen. I know I'm running through this quickly. Some of it we'll cover in the study. Final few things. Write down your prayer requests. I mean, how many of you write down things in a calendar? Okay, or you write it on a piece of paper. If you do that, why? Because it's important and you don't want to forget. Why would we not do that with our prayer requests? Write them down. In fact, what I use today, I got a slide to show you. You can use paper and pen. You can use whatever. I use what's called the Echo app. It's the Echo app. You can go in there. It's free. And what I do is you can add a prayer request. And you can add someone's name. And you can add what the request is. You can even set how often you want it to remind you to pray. Right? Or you could just pray over all of them. I love it. And then when a prayer is answered, I can go in there and press answered. And it has columns. It has prayers you're praying and prayers that have been answered. I love this. Because I never used to do this. And then I would so quickly forget all the times that God answered prayer. I love it. There's even like, uh, there's prayer groups in there. So like you have a bunch of people who want to pray together over things and share prayer requests. You can get in a group, which is beautiful. Because you ever been in a text thread with a bunch of church people about prayer requests? Like you do one prayer request, you'll get 19 people type praying or praying hands. And it comes every other minute. And then you'll get people who shares random thoughts and memes throughout the day and you're going nuts. Right? I know you all know what I'm thinking about. And if you don't, you're probably the one who does it. Right? Okay? <laughs> Well, like, you know, and it's all coming through your text, and because there's Android and iPhone users, you can't get out of it. You're stuck there, like in, you know, prayer group hell for all the rest of your life. Sorry, I have feelings about this. But this is great, because it has a prayer group, and so you can set notifications, you can pop into it. It has a prayer feed that I want to use for the church eventually that can send out prayer requests. you got to write your prayer request down. You want to download this app? I will show you how to use it free of charge. you got to write them down. Remember them. Remember them. And when you come to God in prayer, you know, someone tells you, I'm going through this, put it in your prayer app or whatever you use. And then when you get before God, you get on your knees and you say, Lord, I want to pray over this. And you just swipe left, pray over this, and you pray and you keep praying over these things. And you got nothing on your list, you pray over scripture. Did you know you can pray scripture? Lord, I pray you help me to rejoice always, help me to find joy in everything. Help me to give thanks in everything. Help me to remember to, to pray all the time. 
We talked about, you know, praying what comes to mind because sometimes you get on your knees to pray and a hundred distractions will come in. Oh, I need to buy eggs and I need to buy milk uh, and I got to stain, I got to clean. And suddenly that's the moment that comes to your mind, not the rest of the day. So you write it down and then it gets it off your mind to clear your mind. Or as things come to your mind, remember we talked about, you just start praying for them. Remember I told you about this? My friend I used to work with, Toby, she, she said, have you ever realized when random people come to your mind when you're praying, God might want you to pray for them and they're not a distraction? Like blew my mind. I told you this two weeks ago. And so now when someone comes to my mind when I'm praying, boom, I just start praying for them. Or even I had a cool thing to happen at men's group. This never happened to me more. In all my 43 years of life, we, we took time to pray at the end and we're sitting in this loud room, the coffee house. And I did this on purpose because I knew it would be distracting. And we have to learn to pray with distractions. And so as I'm praying and, and I heard somebody walk across the room to get water. And then I heard somebody tapping their pen. I, then I heard somebody scripting pages. And at first I was like, oh, this is distracting. But then, but then somehow, I don't, the, the Holy Spirit hit me. I said, Lord, uh, thank you that we have water that we can drink. I said, Lord, uh, thank you that someone's writing down uh, the things that they're praying about. Lord, thank you that someone's searching the scriptures. And, it was, and like for the first time in all my 43 years of life, distractions weren't distractions anymore. They like get incorporated to my prayer life. It was really, really cool. And when you think about it, like I went out to dinner with my wife a week ago for her birthday, and we ordered a steak, and I like a medium rare. It came out so rare, it still mooed when I cut the meat, right? This thing was not dead yet. And, and, and I didn't say, oh, honey, this is a distraction. I am leaving. Uh, this, I can't be here with you. We just, we made jokes about it and incorporated it into our discussion, into our time together. The same is with the Lord. And I was having this deep time of God, with God rejoicing over someone tapping a pen and, and drinking water uh, and turning scripture pages. I mean, this is what a prayer life should be like. I'm like, how did this not happen before these 43 years of my life? It was awesome. You should try it. All right. That's everything I can say about prayer in the time before Tim shuts off my mic. Listen, prayer is hard. It's so hard. Our minds are so busy. Just keep praying. Set up the time. Be consistent. Keep asking God to help you. So that's something else we talked about that night. Like how many times in my life have I said, God, help me pray when I don't know how to pray? No, I just give up. Instead of saying, God, help me pray. Scripture says he'll help us pray. Ask him to help you set up times to pray. When you're sitting there praying and you set that timer so you're not checking your watch every two minutes or you don't get up right away and, and you set a timer to start with, hopefully gradually growing in time over time and you just say, Lord, help me, how to, let me, help me pray. Lord, help me focus. And then pray as the things come to mind. You, you know, you're going to train yourself. You're going to get stronger as a prayer. The more times you offer to pray with somebody else, you'll get better at it and stronger at it. The more times you practice praying throughout the day in all these little situations, you'll get better at it and become like second nature. It's not like an instant miracle. It's something you have to train yourself in. It's hard to do. Just keep praying. You miss a day, pray the next day. Just keep praying. You forget to pray going into somewhere, just do it the next time. Just keep praying. And what you'll see is a pattern of your life growing in prayer. Deep intimacy and relationship with God growing over time that will change your life forever. It's awesome. Just keep praying. Keep practicing. Keep coming to your Father in heaven. And then do me a favor. 
when you keep doing these things and something cool happens, come tell me. Because I love hearing how God works in people's lives.